Would you pray with me? Jesus, speak words of life and light. Free us from the shame that obscures your radiance. Amen. I was recently in a conversation with someone pretty brand new to me. I had never really had any interaction with this person. Then one day we had the occasion to finally have a conversation, just the two of us. Everything was going well. We were both friendly, warm, grinning from ear to ear. And then somewhere in the middle of a lull in the conversation, this person declared with a smile, I like you. Wait for it. You're just so bubbly. While I maintained my exterior smile, my insides began to rage. I was so insulted by this compliment. I had been trying so hard to be my most charming self, and this was the compliment I got? Now to be clear, this is not the first time I have been called bubbly. I have been called bubbly for decades, which is why I hate it so much. The adjective comes with so much baggage. People assume that bubbly people are dim-witted, easy to please, pushovers, individuals with little depth. I know these are the assumptions because I too have made the exact same assumptions about bubbly people over the years. This is bubbly pot calling the bubbly kettle black. I know. An adjective, a name, a designation. These simple answers reveal that in a mere few words, whole stories come to life. When Jesus asked the disciples, who do people say that I am? He is in fact asking a much broader question. What are the stories being told about me? He wants to know how people are piecing together his incredible acts and teachings. Jesus's interest in the stories being told about him makes incredible sense. Humans, relationships, civilizations, each one is built and sustained by stories. You and I, we may think we fundamentally inhabit worlds broken down into neighborhoods, cities, nations, but not a single one of these things exists as it does without the stories that shape them. This neighborhood couldn't have looked very different, could have looked, this neighborhood could have looked very different if the people who first built these houses held on to a different story about race and ethnicity. This city was planned right in this swampy region to safeguard it from the vice and corruption inevitable in cities, as was the established story of the day. People inspired by a story of self-determination and freedom went about and designated this land a new nation, even as they simultaneously clung to a story legitimizing slavery and oppression for others. No one said stories had to be coherent. A happy ending doesn't make something a story, nor does a tragic ending. Stories are. Stories are the lifeblood of human existence. You and I, we're a collection of stories, each story filling us like the air that fills our lungs. Feel that? That could be a story. The pandemic has painted in bright neon colors how incredible the power of story is. 
a virus is very much a part of the material world this virus is very much a part of our material existence and yet the stories being told about the virus and everything related to it are as powerful if not more so than the virus itself the lesson is profound do not ever 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 underestimate the power of a story as unnerving as it might be it appears that we are making reality with every story we tell so now's the moment when i am compelled to ask dear friends with reality itself on the line what stories are we telling or as jesus once asked who do people say that i am Throughout the ages, people have had different stories and therefore had shaped different realities. In this, our designated season of creation, we are being asked to consider our story and how it informs our relationship with creation. Most of us think creation is great. It's a wonderful pastime or a place to be refreshed, if only for a moment. We love the natural world when we're out hiking or by a river or by a lake. But then we leave the beautiful vistas and we don't think about creation very much. Not usually, not until our next visit. Creation is a thing like all the other things in our lives. Great and wonderful, but inanimate and ultimately forgettable. What we need is a new vision a new story to help us correct our relationship with creation. All the better if this vision is informed not by the consumptive impulses of our culture, but by a sense of God's pervading presence in the natural world. Lucky for us, we have siblings in Christ who have had such a profound sense of the Holy One, precisely in and through the natural world that we can learn from. In her book, Every Earthly Blessing, Celebrating a Spirituality of Creation, Celtic historian Esther Duvall paints a picture of Celtic life where creation is never an afterthought and the spirit of, a God, of God is alive in every moment. She writes, the world is God's and the Holy One is known in and through it. This is an approach to life in which God breaks in on the ordinary daily, mundane, earthy. It is very much a down-to-earth spirituality. The sense of the presence of God informs daily life and transforms it so that at any moment, any object, any job of work can become the time and the place for an encounter with God. It is ultimately a question of vision, of seeing. Someone else might say storytelling. The Celtic approach to God opens up a world in which nothing is too common to be exalted and nothing is so exalted that it cannot be made common. And then Duval invites the reader to envision what this can look like. She tells a story of what a typical morning for a Celtic woman would sound like. You want to hear it? I'm going to assume you said yes. A woman kneels on the floor in her small hut in the outer Hebrides and lights her fire with this prayer. 
I will kindle my fire this morning in the presence of the holy angels of heaven. She starts the day by splashing her face with three palmfuls of water in the name of the Trinity, the palmful of the God of life, the palmful of the Christ of life, the palmful of the spirit of peace, triune of grace. And now at daybreak, before the rest of the family is awake, she starts to stir into life the fire banked down the night before, praying, I will kindle my fire this morning in the presence of the holy angels of heaven. God, kindle thou in my heart within a flame of love to my neighbor, to my foe, to my friend, to my kindred all, to the brave, to the knave, to the thrall, O son of the loveliest Mary, O son of the loveliest Mary, from the lowliest thing that liveth to the name that is highest of all. The story that this woman and her community told was that God was in the midst of life with them because the world and everything in it is God's domain. What an incredible story. I can't help but wonder what our lives will be like and would be like, like if we began to tell this kind of story, if we told our story anew with God pervading every piece of it, I for one am ready to start telling a new story. Amen.